This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are busy this weekend. I mean, we got Champions League final. We've got NHL Stanley Cup final. NBA is on a little hiatus until Monday night, although we've got the uh, Nuggets basically wrapping up the series against the Heat pretty much. Uh, You know, I told you guys from a series standpoint, I had my doubts about the Heat being able to hold up over the course of the series just because of how good Jokic is. Like, Jokic is just a beast. And so we've got a UFC pay-per-view tonight that I'm going to get into, and then we're going to talk a, a bit about the Stanley Cup uh, final, which is uh, currently at a 2-1 uh, series advantage for Vegas. Uh, home team hasn't lost yet. Uh, Florida pulled off a wild comeback in Game 3 to stave off going down 0-3 uh, because it pretty much would have been a wrap if they lost the uh, Game three the other night, so uh, really excited to see what we get in game four. So we'll get into some hockey, we'll get into some MMA, and uh, yeah, so let's get right down to it. Uh, I know some of you have been waiting for my <laughs> take on the PGA Tour and Live Golf merger. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of things to say about that, and uh, uh, the amount of bootlicking from guys who were supposedly... So staunchly opposed to live, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's interesting to hear how the flip flopping has already begun. So, yeah, we don't know the details yet. I mean, they're saying that there's going to be some give backs to the PGA Tour players that didn't leave. We shall see. We shall see. But yeah, we got a lot. To, we got a lot to talk about because. It's more in the way of sports watching, so, you know, it's not a surprise. It's just the end of the situation. I'm curious uh, to kind of keep watching some of the golf uh, broadcasts to see how it's getting covered on CBS and NBC down the line and Golf Channel. I'm very curious because I think they're going to start glossing over uh, a lot of what's been going on. You know, I'm curious about Jim Nance and the rest of the – Good folks on the PGA broadcast because 
Yeah, we got a lot of backtracking going on so far. So, without much further ado, let's get right into it. Let's talk Stanley Cup Game 4. Florida Panthers hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. And we got a five and a half total. I got to, like, you know, in terms of, like, this series, again, I know Vegas won the first two games, and it looked convincing. But the score, the games were closer than the score indicated, in my opinion. And in game three, you had Florida up for most of the game. Then Vegas pulls ahead uh, in the third period. And then Florida makes a, a, a scrambling comeback in the last two minutes to tie it up and send it to OT where they, they, they pull it out. Florida, to me, they've got the new lease on life. If you're Vegas, you are playing your same style. You're, you're aggressive on the forecheck. But if you're Florida, you, you, you see that with your effort, you can beat this team. And you can get goals past Aiden Hill. Because Hill is the tallest goaltender uh, Florida has seen thus far. I, I think he's, he passes Olmark by a good two inches. He's a big dude. And, you know, I don't even want to say he had a poor game uh, the other day, because, you know, I think it, it was just a lot of tra- of uh, traffic around that they've uh, they were able to do in front of in front of the net that at least got them in a position where they they can actually uh, they can actually uh, keep keep the series going along. My biggest thing for Florida in this game is the health status of Matthew Kachuk because he left part of uh, the uh, game three the other night and basically was out for the better part of entire period. Like he, he missed like, Oh, almost all the second period and most of the third. And then came back and rallied the team, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, the, 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 the cojones factor by uh, Kachuk, you know, still get you there. So it was a three, two victory, but we still got to look at the fact that, from a shot perspective, Vegas still outshot Florida. From a hit perspective, Vegas still outhit Florida. This is where you know I didn't I didn't think it was going to be as lopsided. Like game three reflected what I thought the first two games might be. But if you look at it, and you know Vegas was one of the least penalized teams uh, of the entire year. Florida took a lot of penalties first two games, but in game three, you you basically had uh, uh, Vegas, you know, kind of up there with uh, Florida and evening out the penalty minutes. Like, you know, Florida got Vegas. Uh, usually, Vegas is the team that baits other teams into taking bad penalties. And don't get me wrong, Florida took some bad penalties. Like, Florida, the goodest penalty... Uh, the Duclair trip that I know my Miami friends are not happy with the call. It was a penalty, guys. Um, it's just it is what it is. You know, it co- it cost it cost uh, Florida the first period because they should have uh, went in, uh, you know, up one nothing, uh, and Vegas ended up tying it because of you know two dumb penalties. That's really what it came down to. Two dumb penalties and a force of four on three. 
So the way I'm looking at tonight's game, can Florida stay out of the box? Because they they've just they could not help themselves uh, with the way Vegas is playing. That they uh, they they keep uh, trying to be physical, but they're not skating as well as uh, they're not skating as well as Vegas. I didn't think the speed advantage was going to be decisively in favor of Vegas, but the speed advantage seems to be favoring Vegas uh, in a clear manner. So I got to think that, you know, Florida with a little bit more confidence, maybe we see a little bit more up-tempo out of Florida and and try to and try to combat uh, what Vegas is doing because Vegas is able to slow down Florida and they're getting into transition faster. I want to see if Barkov can shut down the first line for Vegas, they, and they did a pretty good job on Carlson and Barbashev and Eichel, but Marshall is still a problem. <laughs> like he's been on fire. He's got 11 goals in 11 games and he's playing so many minutes up top. Like he's on fire. Like Barkov has, uh, has got to find it. Like, you know, I, I think they're going to try to shift, uh, attention, uh, to Marshall using Barkov, but if Barkov is, you know, he's been passing, I, I think Barkov is going to have to try to carry more of the load. You know, Kachuk has done a tremendous amount, but I think this is a Barkov kind of night. So to me, if you're building for scripts for Florida, I think it starts off with Barkov at the captain spot. It's going to run you. Uh, almost 13k on DraftKings, uh, 12.5 on FanDuel, but I think in a Florida win script, it's going to be Barkov. I know the popularity is going to be with Matthew Kachuk, and I don't. I'm not going to begrudge anyone that builds that way. Uh, truth be told, uh, for showdown format, but to me, this feels more like a Barkov type matchup. He's going to play on the top line. He's going to get the penalty kill. Realistically. Florida's got to stay out of the box, though. So uh, I want to see where Ran- uh, uh, Sam Reinhardt uh, uh, matches up, if he's going to be uh, paired up with Barkov or he's going to be paired up with Kachuk. They may keep sliding him throughout and just uh, rotate him in and out, uh, just depending on the situation. That's certainly a possibility. But to me, this kind of comes down to Barkov's got to be able to find a way of slowing down Marshall Salt the way he was able to contain some of the other forwards on Vegas. And Bobrovsky's got to find a, you know, he's been, he basically saved Florida game three uh, with a lot of tough saves. Bob's got to do it again. He's got to outplay Hill again. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, Bobrovsky had 25 saves. Uh, the other night, I think he's probably going to see close to uh, 30, uh, 33 to 35 shots. I, I think I think Vegas turns up the pressure even further now that they've lost the game. You know, so far, you know, game two, uh, they were up around 29 shots. Uh, game one, they got over that 30 uh, threshold. And I think we see more of that in game four that oh, coming off a of loss. But like Vegas has been very resilient coming back off of losses. They they're not the type to drop two in a row. So I think you're gonna see a ton of pressure on Bobrovsky in that first opening period. The key for Florida is can they get 
and nail Vegas on the counterattack. Because this is where I look at it, that Barkov's going to be key, but the guys that are lined up with him, uh, Duclair's got to be better. You know, he, he, you know, he took a bad penalty, hasn't scored, but he's got to score. He's got, he's got to score because I would look at it between the, the standpoint of Montour is doing so much on the back line that you can't necessarily rely on, uh, you can't necessarily rely on Montour, uh, to be a scorer, but he's going to, he's going to take a shot to where he can. So to me, I'm looking at this and trying to correlate this where I'm going to try to get uh, in my Florida scripts for wins. I'm going to have uh, Barkov captain. I'm still going to keep Bobrovsky in the lineup. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not entirely sold on the double captain with a goalie captain winning tonight. Um, Because I think there are going to be a couple of goals. And I don't think we see, I don't think we get the 35 plus save bonus. I will say that. Um, that's my only thing for tonight. I don't think we get the 35 plus save bonus, but I do see enough goals being scored where you get, you get that, you hit that three goal mark. It gets a little bit harder for the goalie captain to win. Cause I think these two teams are getting familiar with each other enough that it's going to be the top guys, uh, kind of generating the chances. And yeah, maybe we get the one off from a fourth line player, but both sides, they've been so physical that this, the ice hasn't been as kind for the lower lines in this series in terms of finding the open spaces to attack. So this is, again, I think we're probably going to get the under on the, on the five and a half. I think this probably looks more like a three, one type of game. The only question is who gets that three. I, I think there, there's a very, I, I like Florida to even up the series, but it wouldn't shock me given the numbers that Vegas has put up the first three games of the series that they still bounce back and take care of business against Florida to take a commanding three, one lead. It, it wouldn't shock me either. So I, I, again, I know that's not the greatest answer for you guys, but I, 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 if it's a strictly betting portion, I'm probably taking the under on the five and a half. Now, from a Vegas standpoint, if I'm building a script for Vegas wins, I'm probably going to go back to March Assault in the captain spot. And yes, is it going to be chalky? Yes, it's going to be chalky. But the the other hand, you may have folks trying to build more Florida uh, evens up the series scripts tonight. So from a Vegas standpoint, if you concentrate all your Vegas bills on Marshall Salt in the captain, and then you run it back with Hill, um, you could probably use Chandler Stevenson in the utility spot or Stone, but you're, you're going to get value with a number of the Vegas players because I still think at the end of the day, the pricing on Vegas is too cheap. Uh, so it's going to be easier to fit in Vegas uh, pieces. And then you could still get in Kachuk. It's a little bit harder to get. Um, it, it's a little bit harder to fit in some quality pieces on the Vegas side. Like uh, Marshall Salt. Uh, if you play uh, a Florida dominant script. So to me, 
I would say, uh, you know, if you want to get a little bit different in your GVP lineups, I probably would prioritize Marshall Salt as the captain and uh, build build a five one script for Vegas. And you know, your your one on the Florida side can be uh, Bobrovsky because I don't think it's a blowout, but I do think Bob makes enough saves where he's the highest scoring Florida uh, player in a loss uh, to Vegas. Anyway, uh, let's get into uh, some UFC. So we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after uh, we, we get some sponsors in. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. We'll be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. We are back, and we've got a UFC pay-per-view that is very interesting to me because we got UFC 289, Amanda Nunes defending against Irene Aldana, who's a substitute for what we we would have gotten with Juliana Pena. I actually think this is a worse fight for Amanda Nunes because she prepared for Pena. She knows what to expect out of Pena. Aldana? Actually, a better striker than Juliana Pena. This is a very interesting fight because the line is Nunez minus three fifty. I think it's a little wide. I do think that Amanda Nunez is better off wrestling Irene Aldana. I think Aldana can actually strike with Nunez, and it's going to be a case of does Nunez want to engage in a striking battle only, or just take her down. I think it makes more sense for Nunez to take down Aldana. It wouldn't shock me if Aldana wins the striking battle and hurts Amanda, because we've had a lot of talk of Amanda kind of looking beyond MMA and getting another addition to the fact. Like, we've had a lot of noise with Amanda Nunez and her commitment to, you know, still being in the weight class and uh, being the most dominant female fighter of all time. You know, at 135, this is an interesting fight for uh, five rounds because Aldana throws over five significant strikes per minute. She's got eight of her 14 wins by KO. It's not, it's not a walk. For Nunez, striking. I think the key for Nunez is she's gotta she's gotta be able to take down Aldana, and it's not a, it's not a lock that she's gonna be able to successfully take down Aldana at will if Aldana is is winning the striking battle. And yes, I understand that Aldana has been taken down 
in previous fights. But styles make fights, and the way Nunez usually gets people down tends to be she does the bear hug maneuver and then starts tripping them. It makes a difference if you're worried about the uppercut coming up the middle and the amount of power being generated by those punches. I don't think this is as clear-cut of Amanda taking down uh, the underdog as people think, but I do think if Amanda gets it to the ground, chances are she finishes the fight on the ground. I don't think, it, uh, like with Nunez's uh, 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 jiu-jitsu, I don't think Aldana survives that long on the ground against Nunez. So to me, this is a case where I want to be aggressive on both fighters. I probably get, like, out of... 20 lines, I'll probably get at least 30% uh, Aldana. And Nunez, I'll probably have close to 70%. Uh, so I may I may max out and go uh, 100% in on this fight. But from a betting perspective, I do like Aldana at plus 275 because of the fact that I think the line's a little too wide. Um, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little it's a little bit much for me in my opinion. The co-main event, Benil Darius, Charles Oliveira. Realistically, I am a Charles Oliveira Dubronx fan. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, to me, I understand. Benil has been the hottest fighter at 155 for 3 years now. Charles has not been to a decision since 2014. Charles is looking to finish fights or get finished. My whole thing about this fight is that Charles got into a firefight with Michael Chandler and won the firefight. I don't think Benil is ready for that smoke. The issue is Benil's got to get this to the ground. And I do think that uh, Benil feels disrespected about his ground game that Charles doesn't think that Benil is going to be able to do anything on the ground against him. I I do think that, uh, you know, from that standpoint, Benil feels highly disrespected by Oliveira and his approach on, uh, from a fighting standpoint. I, I do believe that Benil thinks he can finish Charles on the ground, and it's not a matter of, you know, Charles is jumping into guard and pulling off a submit uh, submission off his back. I think Benil feels very comfortable with this fight on the ground and getting this uh, fight to the ground multiple times. My whole thing is I'm not sure if Charles at this stage of his career is interested in going to full five. Normally you, you would have, um, normally you would have like a full, uh, a full a full plate where you kind of go through, um, you you kind of go through uh, 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 go through this from the standpoint of, you know, I I wouldn't think like if this was a five round fight, I probably would go uh, Charles like outright because I'm not I'm not I'm still not sold that Benil could handle Charles for the full five. But my uh, my concern here is Benil gets Charles on the ground early while he's dry, and Benil can still get his own finish on the ground. I think it's a lot harder for Charles to pull off the submission later on in the fight. 
as they get lathered up and they're wrestling in, in and rolling around on the ground. The the question is is that can Benil hang on long enough? Because I do think striking wise, early on in the fight, Charles is going to be a problem for Benil. I I'm not sold on Benil winning this fight as others are saying. Like I think this line should be reversed. I think Charles should be favored at minus one thirty and Benil should be plus one twenty five. I'm not I'm not sold that uh, Charles is the true underdog in this fight. I, I I think it's still Charles as the favorite. So for me, I'm going to be overweight on Charles. Um, but I will say this. It's not going to be a shock if Benil wins this fight. I'm just probably going to be leaning more towards... Uh, I'm probably going to be leaning more towards uh, having um, lineups where I do have exposure to Benil... And I'm probably closer to 50-50 on this fight. But it's uh, it's definitely one for... It's not for the faint of heart. So if you're not playing multiple lineups, I probably would recommend fading this fight. Because I think whoever wins this fight wins it inside distance. I don't think this necessarily goes to the decision. So... At 8,600 for Darius or Oliveira uh, and 7,600 for Oliveira, I, I think the winner of this fight is is going to be in the optimal just because of how good both these guys are. So to me, I think this is a, this is a case where, you know, we, we probably get into uh, a situation where we're try, uh, we, we try to figure out, uh, you know, how... Uh, how both sides uh, manage uh, to finish off the other, but I love I love this fight. <laughs> I, I I think this is a this is the fight to be most excited about for this pay per view. If you're gonna go buy it, I fully recommend watching it. Now, in terms of the other fights that I'm key on, I'm big on Mike Malott uh, at 170. I think they set up. He's the local guy. It's in Canada. I think they're gonna use this as a showcase for Malott. Yeah, you could go Adam Fujit as a leverage play um, for DFS purposes. Betting-wise, I think this is Malat. The minus 200 line, I think, should be a little bit wider. Um, I think I think the UFC has positioned this uh, to showcase Malat. I don't think they're going to use him as the... <laughs> I don't think they're going to have the hometown guy get knocked out on his ass right before the two main events. So, to me... Uh, give me him a lot. I, I am going to be heavy on him. Um, other winners in, in on this card, I like Dan Ige over Nate Landwehr. Um, you know, I think Landwehr just wears too many shots on his chin. Uh, I, I think Ige just picks him apart with volume and takes care of business. Uh, the Chris Curtis Imamov fight is going to be freaking a disaster to figure out who wins that fight. Chris Curtis, I, I think he is a good fighter. I'm just not sure if technically the way he starts out fights being so slow is going to work out. Uh, there, there's a real chance that, uh, you know, there's a real chance that Chris Curtis just loses a close decision to Imamov and neither guy scores that much, but, you know, I think there's a, a couple of fights that are just going to the decision. So, Imamov Curtis is one of them. 
I think Miranda Maverick is probably going to win by decision. I don't see her finishing her fight. Uh, the Zahabi Oriala King fight at 135, I think, also goes to a decision. Like in terms of the the Vorak E. Craig uh, fight, that probably also goes to a decision. And Oliveira Belbita on the undercard probably goes to a decision too. So to me, this is a top-heavy uh, card where you're probably going to get a bunch of fights that just go by close decisions. Um, Sal D'Amato's in Canada, so, you know, just like Sal D'Amato's stateside, Sal D'Amato in Canada, you can never feel too confident with uh, some of these decisions that are going to be rendered. I'll, I'll leave it at that, uh, you know. Sal getting all these cards, it's ridiculous. Uh, but... You know, it is what it is. Uh, the, the boxing and MMA fans know exactly what I'm talking about with Sal. Uh, yeah, so outside of that, um, yeah, I I think uh, the other bet you can make is the Blake Builder, Kyle Nelson fight. I would bet the inside the distance at minus 200. I don't know who's going to win that fight because in the first round, it's probably going to be Nelson finishing him. Um, and because of how strong Nelson usually starts his fights. Uh, as the fight goes along, uh, Nelson gas tank completely erodes. So by the third round, he's he's pretty much a wet paper towel and yeah, just ready to ready to be mopped up. So Builder could easily just finish him in the third round. I would just bet the inside the distance number at minus two hundred. But a lot of these other fights, I just think they're going to be going to the decision. And you know, I just don't like the value on most of these fights. Uh, so it's going to be a weird card because. It's gonna be to me. It's gonna come down to the main of the uh, the main and the co-main event as to if you're gonna ship money or not tonight. I, I think a lot of all these other fights, you're probably gonna go to a decision. So it's just a matter of like who generates just enough volume from a DFS standpoint. But I think it's I think it's gonna be kind of a crapshoot. So I'm not entirely sold that you <clears throat> can't leave money on this card because I do think some of these. Uh, other fights, uh, you know, you can get a dog winning. Like, even Eric Anders against uh, Marc-Andre Berriolt. Berriolt usually applies volume, but half the time, Eric Anders looks like a beast. Other times, he doesn't look like he even wants to be in the octagon. Uh, I have no idea what which Eric Anders we're going to get tonight. <laughs> so, he could easily upset the apple cart at 7800 and pull off an upset win. But it wouldn't be an upset to me because I've seen Eric Anders go into beast mode. It's just so hard to figure out what Eric Anders you're going to get on a given night that burial by decision makes the most sense. But it wouldn't shock me if uh, Eric Anders was the rare uh, fight on the undercard that ends up finishing inside the distance. And, uh, and the inside the distance number is plus 110. I think that's <laughs> that line is way too low. I think... The inside of this should be like probably plus 250, but you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, that's going to do it for me. Uh, hopefully, you guys uh, enjoy the pay per view tonight. It should be an interesting card. Uh, again, I do think that uh, it's not a lock for Amanda Nunes. So uh, definitely check out the card. I'm going to be enjoying watching tonight. So enjoy the Stanley Cup final. Enjoy UFC tonight. Have a good one, folks. Later. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.